Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Don't ask me why it is that Republicans couldn't get in line and engage the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Of course he deserves it. What's the rational argument? The irrational argument is, well, you don't like him? This is impeachment we're talking about. This doesn't need any rational argument. It doesn't need anything other than, yeah, the the, 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 the dude's got to go. You do not need a reason. High crimes and misdemeanors kind of sums it all up. And I am stunned and amazed and shocked nearly every second at the people who don't understand this. The people who somehow think that I have to prove to them or the Republican Party has to prove to them anything other than we have the votes, we're going to get this done. Now, in the case of Mayorkas, how do you not know this is bad stuff? How do you not know there's been failure at the border? Well, your problem is you won't pass this legislation. This would have protected the border, but you just want to you just want to go after uh, Mayorkas because you really want to go after Biden. I, li- I like what it is what you're saying. Uh, I think I could find a way to accepting this deal. Talk about the impeachment of Joe Biden. I'm more than willing to have the conversation if that's the way you want to go. But if you think that, that, that Mayorkas is doing a job that, that's valuable and worthy, well, my gosh, exactly how low are your standards? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What is going on, everybody? Find everything over at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. That's how you get to be a part of the show. This is Congressman Moskowitz. I think he's out of Florida. Uh, discussing, you know, here's the problem with the Republicans. Continues the chaos of the 118th Congress, which so far for its historical purposes has expelled the member and removed the Speaker of the House, which hadn't been tried in over 100 years and actually had never been accomplished. In this vote, they're trying to remove a cabinet secretary, which hasn't happened in 150 years and, and, and in fact failed. I mean, look, They should always believe that Democrats are going to have all of their members. Mm -hmm. This idea that, oh, they thought we were down one so they could get it passed. That's amateur hour. Okay, they should always believe that every Democrat is going to be in the room uh, and they should plan for those contingencies. But they didn't. Uh, And so now uh, it's an embarrassment. Look, there were a couple of Republicans there that still believe in the Constitution and the fact that you have to have a high crime and misdemeanor. They may not like uh, Secretary Mayorkas, they even think uh, he might have been doing a bad job. But that is not a rationale for impeachment. We might recall, by the way, 
Former President Trump hated like half of his cabinet secretaries. Rex Tillerson was dumb as rocks. He, you know, his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, he hated. Um, you know, no one was talking about impeaching them because the president didn't like them or Congress didn't like them and the American people didn't like them. So, you know, this unfortunately just continues the chaos with 118. First, Mr. Moskowitz should note that no one minds the chaos. Look, there are things that have happened in this Congress and, and time has been wasted. And let me say as clear as day, the people who are like, we have to get Kevin McCarthy out of speaker, you gained nothing from it. It was a terrible move. It was a terrible political move. It was a terrible strategic move. You gained nothing. You lost members. And now you can't get votes passed on impeachment. Good work. You were wrong. There was no plan. There was never a plan. The move to remove McCarthy was always wrong. And that's why it's hilarious to all of a sudden see a Matt Gates be like, oh, I, I would uh, absolutely like to see Kevin McCarthy running the RNC because Ronald McDaniel stepping down. We'll get to that in a little bit. You have from uh, Congressman Moskowitz some very, very important words. Always assume that the Democrats are in lockstep. Truer words have never been said because the Democrats always are. The issue with, with Republicans is always the same. Some of these people think that they're allowed to think independently. And you understand that because if you're on the political right, you always think independently. You don't always go with the grain. You don't always go with the flow of the political right. No, not at all. Not at all. Which is hilarious when the left says, oh, look at everything they're doing. It's all because of Trump. They're just afraid of Trump. The Democratic Party was absolutely petrified of Nancy Pelosi. And they're absolutely scared that they would cross Hakeem Jeffries because they know it's the end. You think Dean Phillips has much of a career after running for president against Biden? You don't think they're working on running a primary challenge against Dean Phillips of Minnesota right now? You're out of your head if you don't think that's the case. Of course they are. Because you do not go against the grain. The Democratic Party could come up with an idea on Monday at 6 p.m., and by Tuesday at 6 a.m., it is the accepted ideology of the party. How could anybody think anything different? And no one disagrees. And when that thing doesn't work, the answer we are told is that it didn't go far, far enough to the left. Remember, you've got, you've got Representative Ocasio-Cortez out there. Uh, stating that, you know, the, the, the border bill clearly is dead, dead on arrival. There's going to be no part of it. No one, no one's going to be in, in any seriousness voting for this thing. And what is her response? Well, you see, we need to have legislation that provides a pathway to citizenship. She's not hiding around the edges. Boom, right in your damn face. She's saying, make these people citizens and we shouldn't even have a border. She's always, they're always going to move it. The left is always going to move it even further. Uh, to, to the left, but she would have voted for it. She would have voted for the thing. She would have been in lockstep, but now that's not going to work, go further to the left. The political right is rarely in lockstep. They don't know how to do it. They don't know how to function in, 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 in this way. And so when you get uh, the Mayorkas impeachment and you realize that there are Republicans who don't vote for this, you're like, how is, how is this possible? How is it possible? 
that this didn't go through. I mean, it's, there's just no way. How could Speaker Mike Johnson have allowed this to happen? How could he have allowed the vote to take place if he didn't have the votes? You, you would think that there's no way that the Democrats would do this because there is no way that the Democrats would do this. They wouldn't, have, they, they wouldn't bring something to the floor that they didn't know that they had lock, stock, and barrel. Yet Republicans bring something to the floor where Steve Scalise, the congressman from Louisiana, who's still, I think, the majority whip, he's taking care of something. He's got a, a medical issue, so he's not there. And you still bring it? By the way, if, if McCarthy was the speaker, McCarthy would still be there. Uh, Lord only knows if George Santos would still be there, and you may have well had the votes. In this case... You lose 214 to 216. You've got three Republicans who voted uh, 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 against it. McClintock, Buck, and Mike Gallagher. Now, I thought Mike Gallagher was um, the vote about a procedural vote that would then allow this to come back. That's what I thought Mike Gallagher was. Maybe I had that wrong because Mike Gallagher has been taken on the chin. I'm like, I don't get it. You know, it was Blake Moore. It was my mistake. Blake Moore voted no, but switched his vote in a procedural move to be able to bring the resolution back to the floor. So I thought that was Gallagher. That was Moore of Utah. Because what Gallagher stated uh, is, is that the proponents of impeachment failed to make the argument as to how his stunning incompetence meets the impeachment threshold and will set a dangerous new precedent that will be weaponized against future Republican administrations. Oh, Representative Gallagher. Representative Gallagher. Impeachment has already been weaponized. What have you not noticed? You're not going to utilize it against Alejandro Mayorkas. This isn't made up, his total failures at the border. This is a well-documented conversation. No implementation of, of, of the legislation, no actual following of the rules, no attempt to make things better, a constant stonewalling of members of Congress, if not straight out deceit. High crimes and misdemeanors means everything. It's a catch-all. So of course you can make the argument that he has failed in his duty and there's nothing wrong with impeaching a cabinet member, but you're not going to do it because it's going to. Start a precedent? Kitten. The precedent's already been started. You impeach Donald Trump over a phone call to Ukraine? Let me say it again. As clear as day, I'm not the biggest Trump guy in the world. I voted for him in 2016. Why? My choice was Trump or Hillary Clinton. What am I, insane? I voted for Trump. In 2020, my vote was Trump. Or Biden. And the four years between 2016 and 2020 worked out pretty good. Yeah, that COVID stuff was crap. But my God, we were on a roll. We were moving. There was an attitude. There was a feel. I, I'm very much into uh, uh, consumer sentiment, right? Uh, where, where the mood of the, of the country is. The mood was we can. 
The mood was, si se puede. See what we did there, Barack Obama? Just took it right back from you. It's not that we ever had it to begin with, but we did take it. I voted for Trump. 2024, I said DeSantis. Why? Easier left in a general election. I get all of the 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 uh, skill set, and I don't get any of the distractions. It's be- it's easier to win a general election. I uh, This is who I am. I logically break it down. You know what the people said? Nah, I'm going to get into the whole Nikki Haley thing uh, coming up. Oh my God! It'll be, it'll be for those of you watching the live stream. It'll be on the radio show. Uh, you can go to you can stream that at wibc.com. Um, oh, oh, this Nevada thing, this Nevada thing where Nikki Haley um, loses to all of the above or none of the above. Yeah, it was the Nevada primary, and uh, none of these candidates was uh, was um, one of the options. Got sixty percent of the vote, and Nikki Haley got thirty percent. That's that that is rough. But it's only a one day story. Uh, but but I'll I'll ex- I'll explain I'll explain why. Of course, I voted for Trump. My my point to you here is that I am not the biggest Trump guy. But is there anybody who's going to question whether or not the first impeachment was nothing but criminal insanity? You hated the dude and you wanted to attack the dude. And Adam Schiff lied. Adam Schiff, Congressman Adam Schiff of California is a liar and a fraud. He never had any proof regarding Russia, Russia, Russia. But he said so with Chuck Todd on, on, on Meet the Press or at least on NBC. He said so on multiple news outlets. He never produced it. He never showed it. He lied. So now I go back to Congressman Gallagher. You don't, you think that only if Republicans do it? Will it be used against Republican administrations? No, 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 no. It's always going to get used against Republican administrations. That door is opened. You can thank Harry Reid for that and the nuclear option when it came to Supreme Court justices. Mitch McConnell said, you will regret this. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but you'll regret this. Sure enough, Harry Reid regretted it. Harry Reid lied about Mitt Romney not paying his taxes. You may not recall, in the well of the Senate, he said that Mitt Romney did not pay his taxes. And when he was asked about it, he said, don't ask me, ask Mitt Romney. In his later years, he apologized but said, hey, well, we won, didn't we? You want to talk about a low life of a human being, Harry Reid. And by the way, I still call the airport in Vegas McCarran because I am not flying into Harry Reid anything. What a low life of a human being. You haven't figured this out yet? The left does absolutely anything it wants and somehow thinks they have to hold you, the political right, to a standard. Now, I'm a guy who believes in the standard, but I understand the argument all too well that the, that the right is sick and tired of getting its butt kicked because they're always holding to a standard and the left does anything it wants. There's nothing wrong with impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas. He's bad at his job. And shame on Buck, and shame on McClintock, and shame on Gallagher for not figuring this one out. They're as wrong as wrong can be. But this is about Mike Johnson, the speaker. This is about Mike Johnson not actually making sure he had everything together. You couldn't wait a week? Get Scalise back? You couldn't wait a week? Work on some of these guys? Teach them what is? 
Mayorkas has failed. The border is a disaster and the country's in trouble. And an impeachment might send a message to get actual legislation that can be passed. Not connected to Ukraine funding or Israel funding. Not that it says, hey, we're going to be tough here. And then here's all the rules that allow us to take these rules and make them disappear. But no, you're worried about the precedent set. Dear God, Mike Gallagher. Dear God. See, I really did think it was uh, it was him who was taking on the chin, who engaged the procedural move. No, it was the congressman from Utah that did that, Blake Moore. The Republicans are slow learners, and it's going to cost all of us. I just don't know how many more lessons we can afford to learn. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. I think it is. I love that. Ted Cruz, like, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it is. Is it time for Mitch McConnell to go? I think it is. Well, the moment comes. The moment comes for, for everybody. Eventually, the dude's got to go. And why shouldn't Mitch McConnell go? But the question is, for what reason? Why is 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 Mitch McConnell now the ire? He didn't go for this border deal. He's he's a, a, a no vote on it. You allowed it to happen. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You allowed it to happen. And we should be clear, you quite literally sacrificed James Langford. You, you, you put him out on a plank for no reason whatsoever. I wasn't, I had a bunch of things to get to, including um, how Corinne Jean-Pierre responded to the Mitterrand's question. Um, if if you want to know how in denial this uh, this administration is about uh, Joe Biden, I, I've, I've got that coming up. The border deal is not a good deal. It wasn't a good deal. And the reason it wasn't a good deal is not that it didn't, put forth an idea it's that throughout the legislation which has now been read it engaged caveats that would prove that the enforcement of said legislation was not trustworthy if you're going to never mind that if you're going to say you can have 5,000 uh, asylum encounters at the border and then a shutdown occurs why is the number 5,000 but if the Secretary of Homeland Security can simply provide asylum ad nauseum at, at their will at their whim then then we're, we're left with this 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 question of well what the hell is the legislation what does that actually do if you tell me that if you want to engage a lawsuit about the legislation and it can only happen in texas I mean, not in Texas, in D.C. You can't. Texas is where a lot of this is happening, but the Texas courts have no purview. It's only a D.C. court. Sounds to me like you're trying to stop people 
from addressing issues that they may have and prevent them from being able to exercise their legal rights through forcing them to D.C. and some measure of added cost. If you tell me that the president needs this legislation to solve the problems at the border when the president can shut down any part of the border anytime the president chooses, you're lying. And if the legislation is so strong on its own, why is it attached to Ukraine funding? Or Israel funding? Why would Mitch McConnell put James Langford, the, the Republican from Oklahoma, out on that limb? I don't know. But if Mitch McConnell has to go, I think we're all fine with it. I'm Tony Katz. I shared with you yesterday a take that is unpopular. Uh, I've been accused of this before in my life. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, kitten? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Live streaming at Rumble and at YouTube. Facebook, although Facebook is terrible because Zuckerberg's terrible. But if you want to leave a comment there, you can. The phone number 833-468-8669. Would love to hear from you. Find everything we do at TonyKatz.com. Uh, I shared with you a a very, very unpopular take. And then that unpopular take is that Joe Biden has to be removed from the presidency today. Today, right now. And I understand fully that means that Kamala Harris would be president. (laughs) I get the issue. Don't think that I don't. But it is clear that Joe Biden's not okay. I'm not a doctor. I don't get to diagnose. That's fine. That guy's got dementia. That guy is forgetful. That guy doesn't know where he is. Go on. Come at me. We're going to deny this? I can diagnose my own mother and I'm not a doctor. I can diagnose Joe Biden from this far. That's not okay. The thing that has pushed me over the edge, because I'm not saying anything that we haven't said and you haven't said on the bar stool and the conversations have been everywhere. The, 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 the thing that has pushed me over the edge was this from the other day, as Joe Biden tells a terrible story, a boring story regarding, um, well, a, a meeting he had shortly after he became president. Listen. You know, I, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, "America's back." And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, "said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for?" That's a terrible delivery of a joke. How long are you back for? <laughs> the story here is that Francois Mitterrand, the former president of France, passed away in 1996. Joe Biden corrected himself when saying Mitterrand was from, Fran- from Germany and saying he was from France. See, that, that's a slip of the tongue. Mitterrand's been dead for 30 years. 
And there's the President of the United States saying I had a conversation with him. What are we doing? How are we pretending? I agree it will be easy to beat Joe Biden going in to 2024. Sarah, would you do me a favor? Would you uh, get me the, the screenshot, the graphic of Biden's unfavorables? Because they're huge. Biden's unfavorables are huge. No one thinks this guy is up to the challenge. What I'm saying is only somebody who is an ideologue on a suicide mission thinks that Joe Biden should be in charge today. To that end, Peter Ducey, one of the only guys who actually asked questions in, in this, this, this White House, in the press briefing room, and, and to, be, uh, uh, to give credit, Julie, uh, uh, Julie Heinrich does um, an absolutely fantastic job. And I have seen Peter Alexander at NBC uh, ask good questions. James Rosen, uh, it's good to see him back and not getting trailed by the Obama White House asking good questions. We see these things, but what we have in Corinne Jean-Pierre is an absolute incompetent. She is incompetent. We're talking about a woman who has her own theme music. She's not bright. She's not good at the job. She's terrible. There are no answers. There is nothing more than just pablum that comes out of her mouth every time she speaks. And every time she speaks, she needs that binder. She needs to refer back to what it is she's supposed to say. She is asked by Peter Ducey about this Mitterrand question. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996? I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In- you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich- Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Peter Ducey's question was valid. Corinne Jean Pierre calls it a rabbit hole, then turns to call on somebody else. And when answering the question, you saw him here, you saw him in California, you saw him in Michigan, I'm not going to go down that with you. She doesn't even look at him. It's not a rabbit hole. And honestly, who the hell is she to say that it is? We see you. Don't you get that we see you? When you ask yourself, or you might say to yourself, to a friend or... My God, how much do these people hate us? The answer is a lot. They absolutely hate you and they believe you to be a fool. And most importantly, they don't believe that they have to answer a single one of your questions. They don't have to do anything. They can lie to you over and over and over again. And it's okay. And when reality comes to kick them directly in the face, this is Biden's unfavorables. 
Biden's unfavorable is 15.3. That's the spread between favorable and unfavorable, which means his unfavorable rate is 55. His favorables are 39.7. That's in the real clear politics average. The last one, by the way, had it favorable 52, unfavorable 47. Somehow, they want us to believe that he's on the ascendancy. For, for, for what? Inflation back up? For not getting the border secure? What possibly would cause his, his a, a rise here? Biden is not popular. Biden is seen as simply inept because he is. There is no faith in Joe Biden. Talk to uh, business owners. Talk to business owners as MSNBC did. Getting people together in the uh, in, in the barbershop. And how they discuss that you know in the in the days of 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 Trump they had money but now that you're in the days of 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 Joe Biden well there's there's no money what do you want me to believe some poll that shows uh Biden doing better in his favorables or this I'm trying to grow my business um, as far as Biden. I haven't seen Biden really care about business like that. And my concern is having my business so that I can build generational wealth so my kids can see and have something for, to, 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 to take upon when I'm not here. You're hearing that, too, that there are some people in your orbit who are either voting for Donald Trump or considering it? For sure. A lot of my friends are obviously my age, so we're a little younger. <laughs> We've only voted once. You know, for actually for a president, and Trump is kind of all we know, and they're kind of Trump and Biden. They're like, well, we were broke with Biden, we weren't with Trump, and that's kind of the only thing that I'm hearing over and over again, over and over again, is that with Trump, we had money. With Trump, we had money, and with Biden, we don't, and that's not going to win you the favorable competition. But I started with, a, with saying I'm going to make people unhappy with this commentary. It's an unpopular opinion. Joe Biden has to go today. It's only a nation at stake. I found it weird, and I had to double check my premises, when I found myself being agreed with by Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips is the Democrat, congressman, Minnesota, running for president against Joe Biden. I'm attacked for being honest, he writes, and saying the quiet part out loud, the part DC insiders only do in private. I admire our president, writes Dean Phillips, Congressman Phillips. I voted for him and campaigned for him. He has visited my home and been gracious to my family and our country. But shame on all of you pretending everything is okay. You are leading us and him into a disaster, and you damn well know it. And he posts two videos. The one uh, I I just shared with you. He posts the one I I just shared with you regarding uh, Mitterrand. And this, this embarrassment 
of not knowing who it is he's, he's speaking about. And it is. It can only be seen as an absolute embarrassment. The other is a clip of Joe Biden letting you know that he supports Ukraine. And how do we know he supports Ukraine? Well, that's, that's super easy. He's wearing his Ukraine tie. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against a Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. Every week, every month that passes without new aid Ukraine means fewer artillery shells, fewer defense air, air defense systems, fewer tools for Ukraine to defend itself against this Russian onslaught. Just what Putin wants. And no matter what it, what they say, it's always exactly what, what, what Putin wants. Everything's always, this is exactly what Putin wants. Now, I think that's the same clip that Dean Phillips... There is some movement. Oh, no, it's I, not. Dean Phillips shared a different clip. Listen. I don't want to... I don't want to... Well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition but um, it, it, yes I'm sorry from Hamas but it seems to be uh, a little over the top we're not sure where it is there's a continuing negotiation right now I don't know what he said because he wasn't talking about Ukraine right there with a bringing up of Hamas, and you don't know what he said either. And this is exactly Dean Phillips' point. And this is the point. I don't want President Kamala Harris. I do not want progressives in power. I do not want this madness, this this communism light, which is no such thing, uh, to, to, to permeate. I don't want these radical progressives near any lever of power at all but this guy can't do the job this guy can't do the job this guy doesn't know what he is saying he doesn't know how to say it and he doesn't know where he is you think Grin John Pierre he had himself a good day in Michigan how much sleep and how many drugs were necessary to make that happen I'm asking he doesn't get the presidential daily briefing until 11am I want to know what you pump him full of You know what I've had today? Two cups of coffee and some leftover chicken fajitas. That's been my day so far. I did have a uh, chocolate chip peanut butter cookie. It's kind of like low-cal, but it's actually very good, and it's, it's, it's soft. I don't like too crunchy of a cookie. That's it. I didn't have a B12 shot. I didn't have some kind of cocktail made up by somebody at the White House to get me going. Wasn't there a report that came out uh, like two weeks ago and it was all about look at all the drugs that were prescribed in the in the in the Trump White House? I, I was interested that that story kind of went away because I was like, well, this is what what actually is this? Who were these drugs prescribed to? I, I had a series of questions. Could I know how many drugs are, are prescribed to Joe Biden on a daily basis? And if you can't tell me that, could you at least tell me who visited his house in Delaware? If you can't tell me that, could you at least tell me who brought the cocaine into the White House? For the love of God, just tell me something already.
Everywhere I turn, you can't tell me anything. Well, I don't need you to tell me anything. I know that guy's not okay. I know that guy is propped up. I know, and you know, and your Meemaw knows that he's not okay. If he's not okay, what the hell are we doing? Why are we pretending like somehow it's rational for us to think we can get through to the election? Even if you were to say, Tony, it's not like he's going to be the nominee. They're going to replace him as the nominee. I'm not disagreeing with you. I am saying that's coming. I'm asking what we do between now and then because this is dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for Democrats. It's dangerous for Republicans. It's dangerous for the nation. It's dangerous for the world. Why are we sitting around? Dean Phillips is right. His politics may be terrible, but he's right. And he is the only guy in the Democratic Party seemingly to be honest, at least on this subject. Anybody who thinks Joe Biden can continue being president of the United States is out of their damn mind. The 25th Amendment should absolutely be enacted. And if there was anybody in that cabinet who actually gave a damn about the country and not their politics, we'd be having this conversation. This is the moment. But we'd rather have the politics? Holy hell. I just hope we get through it alive. I'm Tony Katz. So I want to get into this this um, Tucker Carlson story uh, regarding uh, the interview of Vladimir Putin. I'll get to that coming up because people are very, very angry about this. And I don't know how you get angry about something that you haven't heard. You have no idea what's been said. What, do you, what are you remotely getting angry about? And, and then Trump is saying that we should forgive Bud Light. Why? They deserve, Anheuser-Busch deserves a second chance. Why is that? I've got that coming up. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America... It's Tony Katz today. Tucker Carlson does an interview with Vladimir Putin. 
We brought this up the other day, but now the reaction is is nuts. But they're not reacting to the interview. They're reacting to the idea that Tucker Carlson got the interview. An interview that they all wanted, an interview that 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 journalists all dreamt of. Oh, they were going to have the hard interview with Putin. Didn't Megyn Kelly interview Vladimir Putin? I thought it went very bad for Megyn Kelly with that interview. I, I didn't think that one went well at, at all. She might be mad at me for saying so. I'm just a guy with an opinion, Megyn. You're making millions. Relax. I didn't think that interview went well for you. I think things you've done lately have gone extremely well, and I think they've been unbelievably bright and well played. That one I never, I never thought did. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. But Tucker Carlson in Moscow announcing he's going to do this. Do I have to explain who Tucker Carlson is? Do I have to explain that Tucker Carlson was on Fox News? Do I have to go all the way back to Bowtie Tucker? Or do I have to just go to Tucker Carlson, Fox News, megastar, sets conversations in, in, in America, has a massive following, got fired for, well, some people think it was the Fox News Dominion voting systems case. Some people said it's because he wanted to reveal some things that they didn't want uh, revealed. Whatever the case may be, he's going to do very fine on his own. And he gets the interview and he's in Moscow. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it in ways they might not fully yet perceive. So one could take from, from that part of the tease that uh, Tucker, who uh, has, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, doesn't believe we should have any play in Ukraine whatsoever, certainly doesn't believe we should be sending any money, doesn't believe we should be sending any troops. I also don't believe in sending any 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 troops. We shouldn't be connected. This isn't our fight. This isn't a big deal. This isn't our problem. Why are we involved? Uh, I, I disagree with him, just, just for the sake of the conversation. Um, but that's his take. So I guess some people are wondering, well, if you're interviewing Vladimir Putin, are you now going to have a take? where you take Putin's side, is is this it? You get the interview because you're going to prop up this guy? You don't know that. I don't know that. That might be something that you say, but you have no basis for it. And we should discuss the fact that there's no basis for it. Enter Abby Phillip over there at CNN. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I actually defended Abby Phillip because Keith Olbermann, who is a troll, uh, he was going after her. And anytime uh, Keith Olbermann, a troll, goes after anybody, you should be in favor of that person because Keith Olbermann is a troll. The guy is just a vindictive, mean, nasty shell of a human being. Do not grow up to be Keith Olbermann. What's it like from being a guy that people paid attention to to a guy people actively want to avoid? If you saw him at a dinner party, you would feign sickness and leave. Of course you would. So yeah, when when he decided to 
to give some smack talk to Abby Phillip, who I've never met over at CNN. I said, I'm with Abby Phillip. Uh, screw uh, Keith Olbermann. But now Abby Phillip wants to break down this, this what you just heard from, from Tucker Carlson. And this is how she does it. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Tucker Carlson is lying from the streets of Russia, no less. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. That's a lie. Serious news outlets, including CNN, have requested Putin to interview over and over again. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. Another lie. Serious news outlets, including CNN, have covered and, of course, reported on Putin's words since this war began, including one of his baseless justifications for the invasion of Ukraine, which he initially claimed was to stop the Nazis. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Tucker Carlson is not a journalist, not even close. And his former employer in a court case actually agreed, quote, the general tenor of the show should then inform a viewer that Carlson is not stating actual facts about the topics he discusses and is instead engaging in exaggeration and non-literal commentary. Abby Phillip could engage all of the conversation she wants about Tucker Carlson not being honest. <laughs> and certainly one could say, you don't know what other reporters have reached out. You don't know other what reporters have reported on to say that nobody has discussed the words of Vladimir Putin. You can refute that. And nobody should give Abby Phillip nor CNN or anybody else any grief for uh, indeed refuting those statements from Tucker Carlson. But Tucker Carlson's not a journalist because of something that was said by his former employer? What? People can't change careers? Is this your argument, Abby Phillip? I have made this this statement before. I've made this argument before, and I'll, I'll do it again. Mike Tyson raped a woman. Now, that's not a, 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 a statement that is going to lead to defamation. These are the facts, and the man went to jail. And it happened in my beloved Indianapolis. Mike Tyson raped a woman. Mike Tyson got a Broadway show. Mike Tyson has a cartoon. Mike Tyson has been in movies. Mike Tyson, I just saw an email sent to me, uh, is now uh, getting into uh, eSports and the iconic name Mike Tyson. He raped a woman. And now he's cultural icon and mogul. My question to Abby Phillip is, people don't change? People don't make pivots? They can't do something new? They can't try something new? His former employer said, honestly, Abby Phillip, who gives a good holy damn about what Fox News said? And if we're going to engage a conversation about former employer, you'd be referring to a former show. Not what he's doing now on X. 
You had an argument until you decided to take away your argument because you, Abby Phillip, decided to play the role of Keith Olbermann, who is a troll. Your jealousy is showing, and it's gross. I have absolutely no idea what's in this interview. And if this interview becomes some kind of love fest for Vladimir Putin, you better bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be a guy saying, what the hell am I looking at here? And I'm going to be a guy who would have a lot of issues with the political right if they were like, oh, this is so important. But that would all depend on what we saw. I haven't seen anything. What am I? How do I judge what it is that I haven't seen? You know where I stand uh, uh, in, in, in clarity here, in, in, in a through line? With my own words discussing uh, the border security bill that we just saw. Before the bill was released on Sunday, Sunday evening, People were saying this bill is terrible and this bill is awful and nobody should want this bill and this bill does this, this bill does that. No one had read it. Sunday it comes out. See how terrible it is. It was 370 pages. Nobody read it in those 10 minutes. It's people who were desperate for clicks on X or on Facebook and needed to be first. Who gave a good holy damn about being right? Being right, being completely insignificant and inconsequential to their desire for another click and another like and another follow. When your objective is to build brand, regardless of facts, facts don't matter. You don't have to wait for anything. That happened regarding this legislation regarding the border. After reading it, going over it, asking some questions, figuring it out, you realize, yeah, this is not going to work. And I was opposed to it. And it's not going to pass. How the hell do I judge and interview Tucker Carlson did with Vladimir Putin. I don't. I have to see it. Well, how would I know what to judge? The concept? Let's let's uh, judge the concept. Christiane Amanpour, who considers herself a journalist, was also irate with Tucker Carlson for getting this interview because reporters have tried. Well, don't hate the player, hate the game. And if your argument is the only reason Putin would do this is because Tucker would be favorable to him, maybe. But I don't know that until I see it. I don't know it till I see it. But if Vladimir Putin said, hey, Tony Katz, how would you like to do an interview? I'd say yes. I would say yes. I'm trying to think of interviews where I would say no. Um, Louis Farrakhan. I'd say no to Louis Farrakhan. I, I yeah yeah I, that is not that is not an interview that I that I would do. Oddly enough, I don't think I could bring objectivity to that. I could to uh, to Vladimir Putin, and I'm no fan. I think the dude's a murderer. Why is it that? Tucker Carlson can't do this interview. Could Greg Gutfeld, Brett Baer, Dana Perino, Bill Hemmer? I'm trying to name the whole Fox lineup. I can't do it. What about uh, what about John Bachman over at Newsmax? Good dude, John Bachman. If he had done it, would it have been okay? How about Leland Vittert over at News Nation? Another good dude. I don't agree with either one of those guys 100% of the time. They're good people. Could they have done it? How about Dave Rubin? How about Hugh Hewitt? 
Could Larry O'Connor over there at Twitchy and WMAL Radio, could he have done it? Would that have been okay? Who would have been on the approved list to make it okay? No, Abby Phillip, what you did there is despicable and troll-like. And you proved yourself to be no better than Keith Olbermann in that regard. He's not a journalist? Tucker's not a journalist because you said so? You don't get to decide. You are the network of Jim Acosta. That's a journalist? Stop it. Stop it. Who are you kidding? Should I laugh at you now? Later, do I have to come to CNN Plaza, wherever it is? It's like Nakatomi Plaza, but nowhere near as cool. And is then laugh at you? Because I'll do that. You are so angry that you're willing to degrade yourself for the anger, demean yourself for the anger. You don't have to like Tucker. You don't have to like the fact that he got the interview you didn't get. But he's not a journalist. You don't get to make that call. And what is in the interview and whether or not it's worthy? We'll find that out when we see it, which I hope will be soon and unedited. I'm Tony Katz. Benjamin Netanyahu meeting with the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. Netanyahu is the Prime Minister of Israel and speaking clearly. Now we are in Khan Yunis and we have guided the IDF to go into these last strongholds of the Hamas. Here again, when the time comes, the IDF, according to international law, will enable the, the civilians a safe passage outside these areas. The, the translator... Uh, unmistakable that Israel's figured out something that I believe they should have figured out. The world's going to hate you anyway. You might as well put an end to these terrorists. And that is exactly what I'm hoping they do. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I was um, dumbfounded by this uh, story regarding Trump. Trump says Americans could give Bud Light, uh, their parent company, should give Bud Light uh, and Anheuser-Busch a second chance. And I, I, I found myself saying, what, a second chance about, about what? Bud Light hired Dylan Mulvaney, who is a man. I'm not angry when I say it, but I do say it with, with, with clarity because some people might be confused. Dylan Mulvaney is a man. Dylan Mulvaney will always be a man. Dylan Mulvaney will die a man. Live a long life, Dylan. You can call yourself Dylan. I'm not going to tell you no. But uh, not a woman. But plays this part of woman, not even a woman, plays this part of like this prepubescent girl playing dress up and has gotten endorsement deals and brand deals and has been named woman of the year. It's a man. It's, it's so abusive to women. It, it, it's hard to, to fathom. And, of course, ended up with this kind of brand ambassador deal with Bud Light, where the then vice president said, you know, uh, Bud Light was too fratty and 
and it, it it wasn't really reaching out. It was kind of, you know, in this this potty humor, and we had to make it light and bright. No, Bud Light is what you drink because it's cheap and easy and you want to get a buzz on. That's why people drink Bud Light. That's why they drink it in college. That's why they drink it at the local bar. And the last thing these people want is politics. They're not bad people. They just want to have a beer. And you threw politics in their face. You punched them in the face with it and said, how dare you not accept us? It was gross. It was despicable. It was less than. And people said, I'm done. I'm out. And then Kid Rock was shooting up Bud Light. People pulled it out of their bars. And some people kept it in their bars. And it became a thing. But Bud Light felt it. Anheuser-Busch felt it. They felt the sales go down. And rightfully so. And then the UFC signed a deal with Bud Light. And I said, all right. You, uh, Dana White can tell me how Bud Light, you know, helps the military all they want. I'm not saying no. Bud Light needed to apologize. They hadn't done it. And then Kid Rock said, I don't want to punish them for forever. And I said, dear Lord, you're quite literally shooting their product. And now, and now it's like, "Eh." where's the apology? And now President Trump putting out, I think this is on uh, Truth Social. Uh, Anheuser-Busch is a great American brand that perhaps deserves a second chance. What do you think? Perhaps instead we should be going after those companies that are looking to destroy America. No, sir. No. No. I'm not looking to go after anyone, actually. I'm looking to be left alone. Bud Light tried to not leave me alone. And until Bud Light apologizes... Why would I drink their product? And why are you asking to give them a second chance? Who do you want to go after? And what about Bud Light would preclude you from doing so? I have to start drinking Bud Light and forgive Bud Light for quite literally calling millions of Americans bigots. So I can then have time to discuss some other company that might be acting in a terrible fashion? No, I'm pretty smart. I can do two things at once. So why not explain to me why, Mr. President, you're doing this? Why? Because I don't feel any need to do this. Some people are asking, you know, did the boycott work? Is it time to forgive and forget? The people asking for forgiveness should be Anheuser-Busch. The lesson needs to be with Anheuser-Busch. You attacked your consumer and you called them bigots. You said acceptance wasn't enough. You must celebrate this. Here, we're going to put this man who pretends to be a child, a little girl, and is trying to erase women on our cans, or at least on one, and you have to celebrate this. I don't think I want to forgive that. I think that's a cautionary tale that we should keep teaching. Maybe President Trump has friends at Anheuser-Busch. Maybe they want to be sponsors. Maybe they want to be donors. I I don't know. But nah. I mean, you you can forgive if you choose. I don't get to decide for you. But you think a lesson's been learned? If so, where's the apology? I'm Tony Katz.
electric vehicles coming back to bite everybody in the butt. Except it's not actually electric vehicles that are the problem. It's the force. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Get the show sheet available to subscribers, supporters of TonyKatz.com. Greatly appreciate it. Get an idea of what we're talking about day in and day out. There's no doubt that Tesla changed the game and made electric vehicles something that people want. Musk made it cool, made it hip. The government came in and ruined everything. And they ruined everything by stating that everybody has to have an electric car. How great an electric car is. Oh, those high gas prices? It wouldn't matter if you had an electric car. I mean, the elitist jerk face snobbery that was involved in all of this was pretty massive. Massive from Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who's a smarmy dude. Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who I, I find to be uh, terrible. Just this, this, this real hate of the American consumer. Well, this is not a problem if you just buy an electric car. The cost is too prohibitive. The cost on all of them is too prohibitive. Well, you you know, you keep complaining about wanting a gas stove, remember? When the government was after after your gas stoves and you said, leave my gas stove alone. And they said, why are you talking about gas stoves? Oh, you and your culture wars. And then they went about trying to create rules and still do about gas stoves and gas furnaces and gas water heaters and everything else. All electric, all the time. It's easier just to shut off your power and keep you from raising temperatures or lowering temperatures from increasing air conditioning. Control is what it's all about. Since there is no other possible mathematics at play, it's about control. And the people who think that that's conspiratorial, it doesn't matter. Keep fighting these things. Of course, you should be allowed a gas stove. Of course, you should be allowed a gas hot water heater and a gas furnace. And of course, we should still have gas-powered cars. This is not me being opposed to electric vehicles. I work with a sponsor, Andy Moore Ford, in in Indianapolis. They're actually in Plainfield. Ford dealership. Andy Moore's got a lot of different dealerships. This is the Ford dealership. Uh, Chris Houston and the gang over there are fantastic. I'm driving the F-150 Lightning. It's the electric. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. It's unreal. It is a rocket ship. It is comfortable as can be. I love it. And for my lifestyle, as a guy who works from home, I get how an electric vehicle works. You have to be in a certain condition in your life to make that work on a regular basis, including, by the way, the charger. So so we're clear, after having gone through a massive cold snap in the Midwest, like, like everybody dealt with, absolutely the cold messes with the battery. Just in case you were wondering, cold messes with the battery. Did the battery ever go down to zero? No. No, it did not. It didn't go from, let's say, a 62% charge down to nothing. That didn't happen. But did it clearly have an effect and went down? Yes. Also, a battery takes a long time to charge, which makes it, for a lot of cases, not practical. If I were to rely on just plugging it into the wall, which you can do, If I was at 50%, actually, this just took place, so I'll use a a, a real-world example. I was at 27% with the battery. If I had plugged that in just into the wall, it would take four days to get to 100%. But I have a friend who has one of those superchargers. It's not not the ones that you would see, let's say, in front of a supermarket, the the, the Tesla-type chargers. It's it's, it's a home one. So I think it's 220 power, and it goes faster. 
30 hours. It took 30 hours to go from the 27 to, to, to the 100%. Now, you might say, well, that's not so bad. You know, you basically charged up 75% of the battery. And also, so we're clear, the electric, the, the, the battery people, the electric car people are, 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 are pretty clear about this. Um, 100% is not what you're after. 80% is what you're after. It's it's super. Eighty percent is 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 what you're after, and it handles all of your needs. And and you, it's 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 an optimal uh, thing to do. I, I never quite understood it, but okay, fine. Um, in my world, I could charge to a hundred percent, and then every other day for the small bit of driving I do, plug it in, and I'd be fine. For the vast majority of people engaged in a commute. It might not work that way unless you had some charger at your workplace, in which case it might work out well. Then there's the just the, the general feel about electric, which is it's so easy for me to go to a gas station and get gas. I'm never going to run out. I can take any drive I want. There's a gas station. I fill up. I keep going. The charging takes time. The gas is so easy to do. I can fill up my tank in 30 hours or I can fill up my tank in three minutes. You choose. And some people still want the electric and I think it should be available in the marketplace. But if you try and force the marketplace and if you try to force people to abide by this, well, that's going to be a problem. Hertz went all in. Hertz, the car rental people, went all in on Tesla. And this is the story from Yahoo Finance they're now paying the price. They have been unloading Teslas like it's their job. There have been some very, very good deals on Teslas. And now they are putting in place uh, or they're halting a plan they had in place to buy 65,000 electric vehicles from Polestar. That is uh, the group out of, I think they're out of Sweden, uh, electric vehicles. It's, it's a cool looking car and I know very little uh, about it. It doesn't. It doesn't rent. It doesn't sell the way they thought it would sell. People are concerned about these things. And certainly in a rental situation, they don't want to be bothered with that. It's one more thing. They just want to put gas in the car and move on when they have to. I have heard stories of rental car places where they've got a long line of people looking to rent cars. Hey, if you want an electric vehicle, we've got you right here. No line and no takers. That's the American people telling you something. That's the American people speaking very, very clearly about an issue. Why is this such a problem for the powers that be? Well, it's a problem because if you are ideologically driven, what the American people want doesn't matter. The American people don't count. They have to be told what it is to do, what it is to think. Is this not the entirety of the conversation regarding the people uh, at the World Economic Forum? Isn't this exactly who they are? The world should not have a say in anything that goes on. We will decide for them what it is that goes on. We will decide for them what is best for them. They'll eat bugs and they will like it. Do you remember this guy the, the from the World Economic Forum Talking uh, about coffee? Oh, this guy, this is, this is the greatest example in the world.
We'll be having our coffee before the session, and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that. Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per ton of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other, and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation, or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, and, um, and, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. So because a society has a culture of growing coffee, that's in and of itself a problem because they're not diversified. And while this guy is drinking coffee, he's telling you that it puts too much CO2 into the air, and so what, we shouldn't drink coffee? Go to hell! Not only am I going to drink coffee, I'm going to go into the coffee business. Now, I actually had a plan of doing this a couple years ago, and sometimes plans get delayed. And somebody else brought it up to me, and oh, I'm, I'm, I've been seriously considering going all in, and I think I'm going to go all in. I have had a coffee plan for a while. Absolutely. You know what those monocultures call their, uh, their coffee? They call it survival. Trade matters to them now i'm not saying that they shouldn't diversify as a nation to some other things but this guy is suggesting that poor countries that farm the beans remember it's a, it's a fruit really uh they should somehow stay poor countries and shouldn't build and shouldn't grow and shouldn't create opportunities for their people because you know the environment what a jerk these people these elitists are the same people who tell you well you should just have an electric vehicle Everything would be better if you had an electric vehicle. You, you wouldn't have to worry about high gas prices if you have an electric vehicle. Same level of hate towards the people, towards uh, whether it be the citizenry here in the United States or whether it be the world population. When you don't listen, because you don't have to listen, you come up with ideas like, ah, coffee's the problem. When you have to listen, you rethink your strategy. Hertz is rethinking their strategy. Ford, and I just told you, I, I, I work with a local Ford dealership in Indianapolis, Andy Moore Ford. I, I've said their name twice. They're a sponsor. I'm going to take care of my sponsors. What are you going to do? They're great people, by the way. Go check them out. That's right. That's right. I gave the plug. I apologize for nothing. Ford is reassessing its EV plans, including vertical battery integration. So this is a story from CNBC. Jim Farley, who's the CEO. They've already said they're going to delay or cut $12 billion in spending on all electric vehicles. And Farley is stating that he thinks EVs will grow, but the widespread adoption for mass market consumers isn't going to happen right now. It's not going to happen. Why? Because the cost is too damn high. Electric vehicles cost too much compared to gas-powered vehicles and maybe possibly hybrids, I guess, depending on the hybrid. And people aren't willing to spend the money for the so-called savings whether it be in terms of gas or the environment. They're not willing to do it because their pocketbook comes first and they can't afford to do it. So instead of hating these people, recognize that they're telling you something and change your product offerings to meet where the market is. Now, you could still go for this other market. It's just a smaller niche market. The, the, the mass market wants a car that's under $40,000. And by the way, $40,000 considered a deal for a car? Son of a gun. But let's call it that. They want a car under $40,000. It doesn't stop Bugatti. 
It doesn't stop Maserati. It doesn't stop Porsche or Ferrari. It doesn't stop. Is it Porsche or is it Porsche? I have, I can't figure it out. It doesn't stop them, and it shouldn't. Most people want to watch under $100. It doesn't stop Rolex. It doesn't stop Panerai. It doesn't stop Patek Philippe. It doesn't stop Tag Heuer. It doesn't stop them. They just deal with a smaller market, and that's okay. The problem is the elitist wants to force the market upon you. And everyone has told them, from the consumer to the manufacturer, no. They've been told. They've been told that their theory, that their philosophy, that their radical ideology simply does not work. Doesn't mean they're going to change. Doesn't mean they're not going to find something new tomorrow to thrust upon you. Doesn't mean they're not going to work on a way to stop oil exploration in the United States, to stop drilling in these places, to try and put you on some kind of energy diet to save Mother Gaia. I, I know your question. I, I, I hear you right now. Do these people know where the electricity is made? They understand how much coal is utilized to make the electricity, right? Oh, uh, they just don't want to admit to that. They, they never want to admit to that. They don't want to admit to the fact that Germany decided to get off nuclear power, Lord only knows why, and they were going to utilize Russia and Nord Stream 2 and get the natural gas until they realized that, yeah, we were right and Trump was right. Why are you supporting Russia who wants to come at you? This is insane. And then they didn't go with Nord Stream 2, and so the answer for them in energy was fire up the coal power plants. They went with coal. They went with cheap energy. Oh, sure, they could have done all sorts of things, gone with solar, gone with wind, and people in Germany could have frozen to death, or they could go with cheap energy. They chose cheap energy. And these same elitists think that all these third world countries that are trying to grow their way out of poverty should somehow do with less because of the environment. They're not going to do with less. They're not going to tell their people, sorry, your child is going to starve because there's some elitist in Davos who doesn't want you to drink coffee or doesn't want you to be able to use coal to power up your business, but they're going to go home with some underage hookers tonight because you know they're special. That's, that's not the way the world works. It's a really interesting story about the electric vehicles. Uh, and, 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 and a good one. And I'll say it again. There's a place for electric vehicles in the marketplace. And don't get me wrong, there's battery issues. And are we getting the batteries from China? There's, there's, there's a multiplicity of problems there that need to be addressed and worked on. But as a concept, there's nothing wrong with an electric car. It's the force. And these elitists aren't done forcing you. Sadly, you always got to keep an eye on these people. They're, they're real, real slippery. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. I admit I have not paid much attention to this Jennifer Crumbly story. Her son, the 15-year-old who engaged a school shooting, killing four. This is back in 2021. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 
good to be with you. I actually, I, I mean, I wasn't paying attention since someone reminded me, hey, what is your take on this? This was the woman who got called in and the school was worried and he was drawing violent pictures and he was searching up bullets online from, from the school library on school computers. And you got to go get your kid help right now. And here are some services you can go to right now. And the parents were like, yeah, we're too busy. We got to get back to school. And then we got to get back to work and left him at school. So they got sued and they got charged, I should say, with involuntary manslaughter because they gave their 15-year-old a firearm and he used this firearm to commit these acts at, at the school. They, they're being tried separately, the mother and the father. The mother was found guilty, convicted on all four counts of involuntary manslaughter. And I know some people are like, good. She wasn't paying attention. She wasn't doing her job as a mother. This is good. I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this is good. I'm not condoning her actions. I'm not condoning the kids' actions. And as I said, I haven't followed this story. I have a tremendous number of questions, though. Is it now going to be that we hold the parent responsible? I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm asking in how many situations will we hold the parent responsible? Has anybody questioned how deep this rabbit hole goes. Are we going to pick and choose what we hold a parent responsible for? Are we going to pick and choose what we call damaging? What we call dangerous? What we call hurtful? What we call harmful? Is there a standard now? Again, I'll take all the information somebody has on this. Send it to me, Tony at TonyCats.com. But I do have questions. And one of them is, are we prepared for what comes from this? This is Tony Katz Today. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. London, Paris, Berlin, and other world capitals, are they thinking that America is no longer a serious nation? I think we run that risk. I don't think we are quite there yet because we still have an extraordinary foreign policy team in, in President Biden and Tony Blinken and Secretary Austin. And so I don't think it's, it's so uh, uh, precipitous that uh, our international uh, esteem will collapse uh, just because the Congress couldn't tie its shoes uh, yesterday. But I think you're right to point out that we are the indispensable nation uh, until we are not. 
And if we take ourselves out of foreign policy, if we take ourselves out of supporting Ukraine, if we take ourselves out of the humanitarian uh, objectives that we have, not just in Gaza, but in Sudan and elsewhere, uh, then we will no longer be the global leader. And let's be clear, that's because Donald Trump doesn't want the United States of America to be the global leader. That's insane. But what else do you expect from a Democratic senator? What other talking point do you think you're going to get? And notice how uh, Senator Schatz says it. He's of Hawaii. Um, in in Ukraine, we're, we're going to help them uh, defend themselves. But when it comes to Israel, no, it's humanitarian support for Gaza. As if somehow Israel is doing the bad thing. Nice, nice bit of wordplay right there. Hamas needs to be destroyed until there's absolutely nothing left and you're going to need at least a generation to get people out of the mindset of hating Jews. That's what it's going to take. Everyone needs to grow up. You don't want to support Israel? Don't support Israel. Let them go at it. I think Israel can take out Hamas. As a matter of fact, I don't know what Israel's waiting for. How about that, Senator Schatz? You want to talk about what really needs to get done. And as for Ukraine funding, how much? I'm in favor of Ukraine funding, but what number makes us the the leader of the world and what number doesn't? Why is our leadership dependent on the dollar? Maybe it's on dependent on the proper application of the dollar. But is there an amount? We're we're buying it, right? Which is fine. We're buying the leadership. At what cost? There are questions that are worthy questions that should be answered. Questions about whether or not the way we did things 50 years ago, are they the way the things should be done today? I would argue that we should support Ukraine. I have continued to argue this, but I'm not about to dismiss the people who say, how much? My goodness, how much can we spend? Especially when that spending ends up on their retirement programs and not just bullets. Besides, Ukraine ends This issue ends when Ukraine gives up land to Russia because that's how it's going to work out. That's how it's going to go. Russia can do this trench warfare nonsense for the next 10 years and Ukraine can't. That's the ball game. Grow up and deal with that reality. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Reality. Reality takes us to Nevada. And look, I think this is a one-day story. But it is a story. Nikki Haley, Nevada primary, gets herself 30% of the vote. 30% of the vote in the Nevada primary. The category none of the above. None of these candidates was actually the category got 60% of the vote. Nikki Haley lost by more than double to a category that reads none of these candidates. The only thing that's silly is the power of the people's vote. And I think the people should use it to vote for none of the above. This is a, an embarrassing story for Nikki Haley. If you take a look at it solely on its face and you don't know anything about what happened. First, the state of Nevada has a caucus and a primary. The caucus gives the delegates, the primary doesn't. Why? Well, because Nevada politics. Nikki Haley didn't even put herself in the caucus. She didn't pay any attention to Nevada whatsoever. It is obvious to everyone that her strategy was New Hampshire to South Carolina, her home state. This is the strategy. This is the focus. Get 
to South Carolina and bring yourself an opportunity for victory there, which, of course, is not there. Real clear politics average. Washington Post Monmouth poll. Well, the real clear politics average is Trump 53.7, Haley 26.7. That's a 27-point spread. The last poll was the Washington Post Monmouth poll. Trump 58, Haley 32. If you go to the poll before that, so that poll was the end of January. The, uh, uh, the one before that was early January, January 2nd and 3rd, Trump 54, Haley 25. So you have uh, New Hampshire that already came and went. You have DeSantis getting out of the race, Christie getting out of the race, Ramaswamy getting out of the race. She goes up seven points, but Trump went up four. The spread is 26 points in the last poll, 29 points in the poll before that. 27 is the real clear politics average. If she overperforms by 10, she still loses by double digits. That's the ball game. I'm not having a conversation about Nikki Haley because I have some some hope she's going to pull it out. Hope is not a strategy, people. I don't know where she pulls this out. I don't know how she keeps the donors. I, I don't. Which is why this story is a one-day story. The story of Nikki Haley doing poorly in Nevada is a one-day nonsense, who-cares story. It doesn't matter because once you know that she didn't even uh, pay attention to, to Nevada because there were no delegates at play, you're like, okay, people put none of the above, and it's over. It's still all eyes on South Carolina. All the eyes. The problem for her is, Where's the opportunity here? Now, we discuss that politics is an expectations game. Politics is always about the expectations. Can you exceed expectations? Because that becomes the story. With DeSantis, for example, and let me say for the record, we could have had DeSantis, but no. Sorry. We would have been better off. It would have been an easier lift. It would have been easier. And by the way, the national polling says it would be easier with Nikki Haley. But she doesn't get to the national polling. She has to get through South Carolina. And I don't see where that is. Expectations game would say if she is down by 26 in that last poll, the spread is 27. Let's call the spread 27 when South Carolina comes a knocking. South Carolina's 27 spread. I said if she beats beats her estimate by 10 points, if she overperforms by 10 points, she still loses by 17 So now you have to ask yourself, well, if she overperforms by 10, is this going to show that she's growing in in momentum? Mm, No. No, 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 no. That's how they're going to want to sell it. I get that. I get that's how her team's going to want to sell it and her supporters are going to want to sell it. That's not how America's going to take it. It's super weird when you can overperform by 10 and it's not enough. It won't be. The only way Nikki Haley tells a story that gets her to Super Tuesday is to be within single digits of Trump in South Carolina. The only way she has a shot of having the funding to get her into Super Tuesday and possibly winning a state, possibly winning a state, is to be within single digits. I don't see it. 
I have abs. I I do not see where that opportunity is for her. And I I I would say to her her supporters, I don't think they know when that is either. By the way, Super Tuesday is March fifth. Super Tuesday is Alabama. Arkansas, Alaska, California, Colorado, Iowa, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. I'm taking a look at those states. You want want to walk through it? You want to go through it piece by piece? Alabama, Trump, Arkansas, Trump, Alaska, Trump, California, Trump. Boom. Didn't have to think. Didn't have to do any work. Done. Colorado. Well, isn't Colorado where the issue is happening with Trump on the ballot? But Trump is on the ballot, but they're still hearing it, right? So I'm going to leave that to the side and let's make sure we understand all the legal ramifications because let's say there is a legal issue that Trump is still having there. Well, then that's an unfair contest anyway. And I think the Colorado GOP is suing. They're, I thought, weren't they going to do a caucus to get around the rules about, oh, you won't let Trump in the primary? We'll do a caucus. So there's a lot to see there. Um, Iowa, oddly enough, does a primary. And it, we've already been through the caucus, and I don't have any reason to think that Trump is not victorious there as, as, as well. Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota. Okay. Now you have my attention. Is it possible that Nikki Haley can pull out victories in Maine and Massachusetts. Possible. But to win those two states wouldn't be enough. Because we just said Trump's ahead of you. One, two, three, four, five, six to two. Minnesota. You know, Minnesota brings us some of the most liberal members of the House and, and, the, and the Senate. They are the people who brought us Walter Mondale. Um, but I don't have any reason to believe that Minnesota at this stage of the game is somehow a Haley country. But you know what? For the sake of the conversation, we'll give it to her. North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. Allow me. Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas. Those are Trump states. Vermont, I throw in the same category as Maine and Massachusetts. Virginia, hmm, interesting. And North Carolina. I would throw North Carolina in the, in the Trump camp. Virginia might be in the push camp. So even if I were to give Virginia to Nikki Haley, even if I were to give her Utah, I mean, it's Mitt Romney land. Trump gets Alabama, Arkansas, Alaska, California, Colorado, Iowa, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas. That's 10. And Nikki Haley, this is all just guesswork, assuming she gets through South Carolina. Please, don't hold me in any of this. And you were to say that, that Nikki Haley gets Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. That's six. And that's a stretch. Six would be considered stunning. What happens when it's only four? And it's four where three of them are in the Northeast where you're not going to get that vote in a general election anyway. 
You're not going to win Maine or Massachusetts or Vermont in a general election. You're not getting those electoral votes. So throw them out. Throw out their value. Only Virginia would be able to tell a story. Virginia would be an interesting one because certainly you'd like to have that in play for a general election. So she would need that in order to even make any other argument about going forward. Guys, do you know how many ifs this is? This is 9 billion levels of ifs. I am here to tell you we could have had DeSantis, but I don't have DeSantis. So I have to deal with the reality that's in front of me. I wonder if Nikki Haley is doing that because the... The, 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 the reality that's in front of her has no path. I do this every day, guys. I go over this stuff all the time. I am searching for her path to be able to share, well, here's what I think she could do. It's not there. I just, I just went over the Super Tuesday states. You might agree with me about this, disagree with me about that, but you can't, I don't know how anybody argues the idea. That, that, that Nikki Haley, if she were to take Massachusetts and, and Vermont and Maine, people will easily dismiss that as Northeast absolutely going for the progressive. What are we talking about here? There's nothing here. There's no story here. There's, there's, there, it, I am sorry. I can't do it. I can't see any maneuver at all. And as I cannot see the maneuver, I go back to South Carolina And I say, I don't see where this path is. I'm telling you that her only path to Super Tuesday is to come within single digits of Trump and she is down 27 in the real clear politics average. 27. She has to come within single digits. Sure, Tony, but but what if she wins? What do you mean, what if she wins? What What do you mean, what if she, all bets are off if she wins, but... Where do you see that? Where does that data come from? You don't believe the polling? Fine, neither do I. Where does the data come from that shows that America has decided, the political right has decided, you know what? We don't want this Trump stuff. Especially considering that all of the trials are falling apart. Fonnie Willis in in Fulton County, my God, she's got her own legal issues from paying her lover to be the prosecutor, Lord only knows what violations went down there. Jack Smith wanted a speedy trial, get a speedy trial. The president has no right to, to question the speedy trial. Well, the president did indeed, as the accused, have a right uh, to, uh, a defendant has the right to to question a speedy trial. And why? what is this? You shouldn't be allowed to even go after me, etc. And now that the Supreme Court is going to have to rule on these things, the judge in the case, Tanya Chutkin, has decided to postpone the trial indefinitely waiting for the Supreme Court to rule. This might now lead to other cases being held off on because the Supreme Court, uh, this has been a conversation, uh, lawyers like Hugh Hewitt and uh, Andrew McCarthy have been having this conversation. It's possible that the Supreme Court say, wait a second. Supreme Court might say, hold on. All this stuff waits till after the election. All of it. We're not going to engage prosecutions of a former president during an election while he is the, 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 the clear nominee. We're not going to do this. It's possible that that might take place. And if any of that does, 
Then you don't have this idea of Trump being found guilty, convicted, and therefore people saying, well, I don't want to vote for a guy who's convicted. It's not going to happen if the trials don't take place. Things are falling in line for Trump, not for Nikki Haley. They're just, again, I'm asking for the data that sh- from the Haley people that shows that there's somehow this move, this pivot, this this switch, and I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. All I have is the data in front of me. And the data in front of me and the states in front of me say that Nikki Haley needs beyond a miracle. And I just don't see it in her cards. And that has nothing to do with this Nevada thing where she lost to none of the above. That's a one-day story. (laughs) Ha ha. Doesn't matter. Doesn't change any realities. Hasn't made her life more difficult at all. South Carolina, Super Tuesday, and the primary voter, that's what's difficult for Nikki Haley. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Jim Irsay speaks, or so we are told. Tony Katz. Tony Katz Today. Good to be with you. Find it all at TonyKatz.com. Uh, The story is a a tweet, a a post, whatever you want to call it, from Jim Irsay, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, saying, On the mend, grateful for all the messages of love and support. And there's a little heart uh, emoji there from Jim Irsay. Now, we know that he does have a team that has utilized his account and does tweet uh, on on his uh, account. But this, according to the sources, is from Jim Irsay, who was found unresponsive in his home, by the Carmel, Indiana police, was given Narcan, then attended a game, was at the Steelers game in Pittsburgh, and then had a respiratory issue. That's what the team told us, a respiratory issue. Well, there have been a lot of rumors and innuendo. I'm not going to get into that. I And I asked, was it last week, week before? Where is he? How is he? How come we're not hearing anything? And now we've got this. I have no reason to think this isn't from Jim Irsay. I will state that just because it's a tweet doesn't mean it is. I think that's a very acceptable thing to say. I think that this uh, has been something that the team, the organization, the family has been trying very hard to keep quiet. And in normal worlds, of course, it's just your family. And I wish nothing but the best for the man. But it is, he is a public figure and people are going to ask questions about the owner of of an NFL team in, in a town like Indy. He's on the mend? Okay. What was the respiratory issue? No, really. What was the respiratory issue? I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. So there was a report that those illegal immigrants who attacked a cop in New York and then got on a bus and were heading to California or in California got arrested there, and good, except I don't want them in jail. I mean, I want them to be held accountable for what they've done, but I don't. I have no interest in feeding them. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com and get the podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. But get the podcast immediately, if not sooner. I have no interest in feeding them, clothing them, housing them, Absolutely no interest. 
I have an interest in them being deported and the country from which they come, I have an interest in them holding these people accountable. And I don't know if we do this as a, as, as a nation. Look to our so-called friends in Central America and Southern America and Mexico and say, what are you going to do with them? How are you going to hold them accountable? Whoa, whoa, don't look at our constitution. That's for Americans. Here, these are your people. How are you going to hold them accountable? We're watching. We want to know if you hold them accountable because that's going to determine whether or not we're friends. Part of the problem in this immigration conversation, in this border conversation, is that we do not look to our friends and demand of them something, which is how you handle these things. We demand you treat us like a friend. We demand you handle these things properly. We demand you do the job. That's what friends do. You keep asking us for things. You keep demanding things of us. You keep telling us how we're failing you. Whoa! Why are you letting people up through the border into Mexico, Mexico? What kind of friend are you, AMLO? Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. That's his name, and the, the gets shortened to AMLO. Well, part of the conversation could very well be that uh, that uh, AMLO is in the pocket of uh, the cartels. Well, maybe that's possible. And if indeed we are dealing with the cartels, it is not for us to somehow say, well, there's nothing we can do about it. We see the cartels, they're not a traditional military, so we can't fight it. No. Allow me to try. 10 miles into Mexico, Wire fence, landmines. How dare you, Tony Katz? Are you out of your mind? Whoa, I didn't say it was the only option. Settle down. It did work for North Korea and South Korea. I'll, 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 I'll put that out there. 10 miles, wire fence, landmines. Big signs in Spanish and in English and Tagalog and in Mandarin and in Japanese and in a name, name your language. We'll put it in German, we'll put it in Hebrew, whatever you like. Do not cross, you'll get killed. Have a nice day. Now, if you don't like my idea of how to deal with the cartels and how to stop the, 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 the human trafficking because the cartels are making billions on this stuff, well, that's okay. You, you can have another plan. But my plan is about stopping the trafficking and stopping the flow into the United States and protecting American citizens of all stripes. I would ask you what your plan does. Oh, Tony, you, you barbarian. What does your plan do? Tell me about your plan. Tell me about your ideas. Tell me about your thoughts. Let's discuss them. Oh, Tony, you're not serious. Wait a second. I'm protecting Americans and I am making a demand of our friends. And and for the record, I absolutely make demands of my friends. To be a friend of mine takes work. And I'm willing to put in the work to be a friend of yours. Without question. Maybe it's why I don't make friends easily. Because I'm not a guy who had... Uh, uh, so this starts with the realization that I'm not a bro, as has been explained to me more than once. I'm not. I don't know how to bro. I'm not a guy you just hang with and have a beer. I, I, I'm, I'm not that guy. I, I just never have been. I'm a guy who talks about things. I'm a guy who engages uh, in depth. I want to hear smart people having smart conversations. I, I, these are the things that I like. These are the things that, 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 that I like. 
So I, I like uh, get, getting in into it. And there's no question that if I'm going to to make the dedication to being a friend, that that I, I provide certain things, I give certain things, and yes, I have certain demands. And it's one of the reasons why, for me, it's it's difficult. It is difficult. I, I'm not somebody who, from my childhood, has 9 million friends. I've got a few. From college, a couple. Throughout my life, some. Together, I've got the right people. I, I'm, I'm happy about it. I, I'm, I'm there. But there's no doubt that I, I say to myself, you know, if I was like this or if I was like that, maybe this and maybe, but I'm not. I am not, I, I, you know, whether it was in the days of my depression or, or, or the days of today, which are much, much better, um, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still this way, that, that, I, that I, I have a, a smaller amount of friends, but man, do I dig them. I really and truly do. I wouldn't trade them. I, 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 I appreciate them, I, I, and, and I'm okay with that. I, I really and truly am. And and I get that it part of it is me. I I, I don't hold myself uh, guiltless or faultless in the uh, well. Maybe I'd I, if I was more this. Maybe I was more that. You know, I I I, I, ex- I accept some of my own limitations in 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 this world. And maybe limitations I put on myself. And who knows? Maybe a year from now uh, I I won't. What's interesting is that if you actually look at yourself. And think about these things, you have your rules too. You've got your philosophy, you've got your theory, you absolutely have conditions upon your friendship. You know what we call that? Normal. Because it is. It is. It is normal. If you have a friend who does nothing but complain about all of their, their life and it's always a complaint and always a problem and always about them, that's not a friend, that's someone sucking out your soul they got to go. A friend sometimes listens to you as well. And a friend who is always taking and never giving is not a friend. They're a leech. And there are people like that that you have clearly removed from your life. And so you should have. Or so you should now. Not tomorrow, now. Of course you have rules on friendship. Of course there are rules on friendship. So if we're going to keep discussing Mexico as a friend, can we discuss the rules of friendship? Key rule of friendship, Mexico with the United States, you don't allow cartels to rape young girls and then traffic them into the United States of America. We got to at least start with that. We don't allow and we don't allow friends to allow the rape and the trafficking of children. Someone going to tell me that that's a rule too far, that's a bridge too far? Because show me the person who thinks that rule is not okay, and I will show you the person who isn't allowed in my house. Why? Because we ain't friends. And I'm pretty sure they ain't the plumber either. Rules matter. And when somebody isn't a friend, doesn't want to be a friend, won't abide by the rules of friendship, you have to reset the entire game. Okay, we're going 10 miles into Mexico, we're building a fence, and then we're planting landmines. Do not enter. But 
anybody who's in that 10 miles, and we don't, it could be eight miles, could be six miles, could, they, we'll, we'll bring them into the United States. Come on, we'll move you in. We got you covered because that's the, the, the price you got to pay. Remember, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. Okay, they're in the United States or they can go to Mexico, whatever. We'll move them out. Done. You're going to displace people? What do you mean I'm going to displace people? I've got people being displaced every single day because Mexico won't do their job. What are you looking at me for? This was the conversation and the argument regarding Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott is bussing migrants. How disgusting, using these people like pawns, like human shields. No, these people weren't coming to Texas. They were coming to the United States. And now the United States has to understand what this is like. Hey, New York. Hey, Martha's Vineyard. Hey, Chicago. Hey, Los Angeles. Hey, San Francisco. You're all getting somebody. Hey, Denver. Have a nice day. I had people say to me, you weren't okay when they were moving Jews around on trains in the Holocaust. Whoa. First, uh, let me say for the record, this is one of the reasons we're not friends because friends have honest conversations, not irrational, emotional, pablum conversations that they will probably regret sooner rather than later. The difference, if you want to uh, know, between people coming across the border and uh, Jews in, in Nazi Germany is that the Jews already lived there. They didn't cross the border. All they did was have blood that ran through their veins and the Nazis said, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. Put him on a train, send him here, send him there, kill him, kill him, kill him, put him on a train. That's what happened. Well, Tony, you just said they're being trafficked. People are being trafficked. It's not their fault. I agree. And that's why we should hold our friend Mexico accountable because they're not acting like a friend. Do you see how this goes? This is how it goes. That we need to hold our friends accountable when it comes to the border. And so when I've got these three guys who attacked a, a, a cop and then they get they're, they're never even in jail, they're released and they're giving cameras the finger, we could do anything, who cares? I want to know how our friends, whether it be Mexico, whether it be Colombia, whether it be El Salvador, Nicaragua, I'm not sure where these guys are from, I want to know how they're going to be held accountable. I want to know how they're going to be held accountable because that is part of the proof of friendship. And yes, it's okay to hold friends to a standard. And sometimes you got to let friends go. Or you got to let them know that they're not doing their job. If Mexico doesn't want to be a friend, they don't have to be a friend. But there is a, a serious, serious repercussion to not being a friend. You don't get the friend deals. You don't get the friend relationship. You don't get the benefits. Maybe that'll help. Maybe it's a friends with benefits conversation. You don't get the benefits. I'm fine with this. I just don't know if Mexico is. But in order to get any of this done, one must have resolve in dealing with friends. And it is clear that Joe Biden and the Biden administration have no resolve. None. Less than none. And until they do... Under this administration, nothing is going to get done. This much is obvious. This much is clear. 
I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Yesterday, sham impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas was defeated on the House floor in a victory for decency, democracy, and determination to put the American people's interests first and to put aside sham political stunts that has been the focus of this House Republican majority from the very beginning of this Congress. Can I tell you that listening to Congressman Hakeem Jeffries gives me a headache. The whole style, his presentation, the the, the, the stuttering, not, it's, it's not a stuttering, it's, it's a stunting, I, I guess, because he doesn't stutter. It's, it's like a stunting of, of the speech, and then the next statement, and then the one after that, and it's just, oh, it's just performative madness of the worst. But yes, he gets to crow. Here come the Republicans with the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, and it, it, it falls through. They don't have the votes. Oh, don't make me do it. Don't, all right, all right. If, if, if I have to, if them be the rules, then them be the rules. If you don't have the votes, you don't have the votes. <laughs> You're gonna need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. How could you not have the votes? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. How could you not have the votes? You're the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. You didn't know? You did not know? How in the world could you not know you didn't have the votes? I don't understand. You knew that Scalise wasn't there. You knew that Steve Scalise was getting some medical treatment. You went forward with it anyway? And then there's the story of Representative Mike Gallagher. Mike Gallagher was a no vote. As I understood it, he was a no vote because it would create a, 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 that was a procedural move to allow them to bring it back. Here are some of the quotes. This is from uh, the Wisconsin State Journal. Mike Gallagher of, of, of Wisconsin here saying um, it would uh, set a, quote, dangerous new precedent that will be used against future Republican administrations, creating a new lower standard for impeachment, one without any clear limiting principle, won't secure the border or hold Mr. Biden accountable. It would only pry open the Pandora's box of perpetual impeachment. Um, Now, this is different than how I heard the conversation being had about Mike Gallagher on 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 this on this vote that he made the no vote in a procedural move so it could be brought back because from what we are hearing from members of congress this is absolutely going to come back and so it should because if i've learned anything from the democrats is that if you first you don't succeed try try again But if you want to argue that this is opening a Pandora's box regarding impeachment, Congressman, what do you... It's only now opening a Pandora's box for impeachment? You're a bit late for that! 
It's already here. We saw this from the Democratic Party regarding Trump. It's here. What are you, what is your argument? That you're going to make it worse? It can't be worse. What you're saying is it could be used against Republicans, but Republicans should never use it against Democrats. And a lot of the party is saying those days are over. And in the case of Mayorkas, there's epic failure going on. Why shouldn't he be held to account? Why not hold him to a standard? This is, uh, I think, a backwards thinking from the congressman. We'll, we'll try and get more information out of him. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.